motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am excited to be here with our guest today, Lisa Webb. Lisa is an author, educator, entrepreneur, and mom of two who has lived on four different continents with her family. Her experience as a global citizen has taught her that women everywhere thrive when they have a sense of community, connection, and belonging. This was the driving force behind her starting Wine, Women, and Wellbeing, which has expanded to 23 cities across Canada and has now launched internationally in France. Lisa believes that we are all stronger together and is passionate about making that a reality through Wine, Women, and Wellbeing events. She is also the host of the podcast, May Contain Wine, where she chats with women about all things community, entrepreneurship, wellness, and everyday life. Thank you so much for joining me, Lisa. Hello, I'm happy to be here. And all the way from France. All the way from (laughs) France. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you about that. My family has only lived in Calgary. How are you and your family doing in France after your recent move from Calgary? I will say in true Calgary fashion, it's not our first rodeo. So we are okay. It's a bit of a transition, of course, but we have lived here before. My husband and I met in Calgary, got married, and then we moved overseas. And so my kids were born here. My husband and I left Calgary for Paris in 2009, I believe. And then after a year in Paris, we moved to the south of France to a little town called Po. From there, we were in uh, Indonesia, we were in the Congo, and then we thought, oh my God, we need to go back home. We went back to Calgary, and that's when I started Wine, Women, and Wellbeing, and we really planted those roots so darn deep, and it was just so good to be home. In some ways, it was like we were gone forever. In some ways, it was like we never left. And then COVID happened and the price of oil happened and all life happened. Then during that COVID lockdown, we really started to have some conversations about what life was going to look like for our family. And we're kind of like Calgary boomerangs. We go, we come back, we go. So we just uprooted again moved back to France, it's kind of the same thing because we came back to the same town that our kids were born in. In some ways, it was like we've been gone forever. And in some ways, it's like we never left, but it's just a contract for a couple of years. And then we reassess. And then maybe that boomerang thing happens again. You just, at this point, I don't try and guess anymore because I never know. We just all learned to be quite adaptable. No kidding. Well, that sounds like quite the adventure. And how are your girls doing settling into this new school year? 
my girls are okay. You know what? It's easier for them than it is for their mom because they are fully bilingual. French is probably their first language because they've grown up in French international schools. And then even in Calgary, we had them in the Francophone school board. So they went to full French school in Calgary because I think always in the back of my husband's mind, he was like, there could be another, there could be another round. Let's not have them lose their academic French. I don't think they would have ever lost their language, but we kept them in French school, which was a good thing. So the transition back here to France was really easy for them. And actually it was funny because my daughter forgot one of her bags because this is the thing that they love about school here. They do horseback riding, they do kayaking, they do swimming, they're going on field trips, they're doing all this crazy stuff. That's very cool. And so my daughter forgot her kayak bag. And so they have settled into school so well that I ran into the schoolyard and brought her her bag. And I said to her, oh, you forgot your bag. And then all of her little friends were like, tu parles anglais? Like they're saying to her in French, oh my God, you speak English? Because she just slid right in. Like she wasn't a foreigner. She was just this little French kid who happened to be new until her embarrassing mom came and started speaking English in front of all the kids. (laughs) Those moms, hey? I know, right? (laughs) So they're doing okay. The summer was a little bit bumpy until we found our way and got a house and all that. It was just a little bit tiring and exhausting. And then the whole pandemic layer on top of everything. But I feel like we're finally starting October. Now we're finally starting to find our way, but it's been a long haul since May, June, when this whole thing started happening. How old are your girls? They just turned eight and 10, eight and 10. Those are nice ages. Mm-hmm. Those are really it nice. Is nice. Yeah. yeah. Our youngest is 10. And then we've brought a 15 and a 13. And I have to say the teenage years have been gentle on me so far, but uh, (laughs) that worries me. It does give me a little bit of a nervous feeling in my stomach. (laughs) There's moments when they definitely remind me that they are teenagers, but for the most part, they're good kids so Mm -hmm. far. So good. Good. (laughs) Now I would love to know more about the why behind wine, women and well-being, and the journey that you took from your initial idea to what it has been become today? Part of it is my journey around the world as this global citizen, global family that we've become, because I always, I felt like I always had friends and I always had this part of me that wanted to bring people together from different aspects of my life. I would want my university friends to meet my cousins and my neighbors. And I was the person who when I was single and I lived in Bankview in Calgary, we were all, we were meeting at my condo before we went down to 17th Ave. And it was just people from all areas of my life. And I always loved that. I loved bringing people together. And then we moved overseas. Once I was married with my husband, I found that I wasn't really, I didn't know how to find my way yet because my, I didn't have kids at all, actually, when we first moved. So I wasn't part of a baby group. I wasn't meeting other moms at the school gate. Like, where do you meet people? And Paris was so transient that people were like, oh, I'm here for six months to learn French. And because my husband works for a French company, any other wives or people that we would meet were fully French, like Parisians. And I didn't speak French. So I was kind of always the odd duck out. And then we ended up living on compounds. And because again, we were with a French company, we were always on a French compound. And I was the strange foreigner who didn't speak French in a country 
where they didn't speak English. So I had a double whammy coming at me. It couldn't speak the language of the country I was living in, and it couldn't speak the language of the other women who were around me. So it was really isolating continually, country after country for a decade. I didn't live anywhere that spoke English and I wasn't in communities that spoke English. So when I found my women, when I did find those people, I loved them so damn hard. And I was so appreciative of them. When I found communities, I threw myself into those communities because I found that once I felt like I had a place, I was okay. It didn't matter literally wherever in the world I was. I could be living in the Congolese jungle. I found women who let me be a part of their circle. It was literally life-changing because I was like, okay, I can live here now. I can set up a life and I can build a community. That was my biggest takeaway in 10 years living all over the world. I learned that it doesn't matter where you are or who you are or where you're living or what your background is, what you went to school for, whether you went to school or not, whether you're a mom or you're not a mom, it didn't matter. Every single person I met had the same feelings. And when you have no community, it's a very isolating feeling. Once I found my community, I was good. And then we went back to Calgary and it was funny that I decided to build that there because I had community in Calgary. I had family in Calgary. I had friends in Calgary. I had a job. Everyone spoke English. And so I don't know if, is it Jess Jansen in Calgary says like, use your pain for rocket fuel. And that's kind of what happened for me with wine, women and well-being because all those years of feeling, feeling isolated and alone and everything was really difficult because I couldn't speak my language. All of a sudden I got to Canada and I could do anything and everything. And I knew how things worked and everything just felt so easy. And I felt so privileged. And I just came from living in the Congo for two years. And like, I had no mail, I had no internet shopping. I, I couldn't drink the water out of the tub. Like everything was like added an extra layer of difficulty. And so to get back to Calgary, where I was just like, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and I thought, even though I have community, I want to build that for myself here. And I want to meet new people and I want to have like fun nights out. And I want to give that gift to people who are looking for it. And maybe there there's people who are just moving to Calgary. And I used to write, I used to write for the Huffington post and I did travel writing while we were away all those years. And I had a blog I wrote as Canadian expat mom. And so some women would say to me like, Oh, what's the women's community in Canada? I just moved to Toronto. Well, you know, I live in Calgary, so that's kind of a long ways away from Toronto. I don't, I don't know what the women's community is in Toronto. They're like, oh, well, you should make one. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'll do that. That's a great idea. And then I would just kind of fluff it off. And then somewhere along the way, I just said to my husband, I'm going to see if I can do like a ladies night out, like how they used to have on the compounds, because in these places, there would be nothing to do. But funny enough, like Calgary's a massive city, there's tons to do. But I just kind of took the ideas of what we had on the compound, like, let's make our own party and make like we would have Oktoberfest, we would have Mad Hatter parties, we would have Hollywood parties, because when I say there was nothing to do, there was really nothing to do. So we made our own fun. And that became the highlight of the month, that night out. And everyone was invited. You didn't have to have an invitation. They just, we all just had this understanding that we could all go. And so with that in mind, I built Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. 
And it's kind of that thing, like passion over reason. I just poured myself into it because I just fully believed in it so strongly. And then it was the power of the internet and the power of Instagram that people were starting to say like, Oh, what about this city? Can I do it here? Can I do it there? And then when COVID hit, you'd think that that would kind of shut us down. But in fact, again, being from a place of isolation and being from a place where I needed the internet to connect with other people, I thought, no, 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 I've lived this isolation thing before. We need each other now more than ever. And so it's kind of funny that even though we haven't been able to have events, we've grown during COVID because people are kind of having that experience I had in the Congo when they're alone in their house going, oh my God, I need people. And so there we were. So when did Wine, Women and Wellbeing start? What was kind of your start date approximately? I want to say 2019. Okay. May, May of 2019. Okay. So a lot has happened in a very short time. Mm -hmm. We had May and then May to February, we had events or May to actually May to March, because March, I can't remember now what it was, March 18th or something was our Jillian Harris event. And then that very next day, that was the marking point of when the world closed down. And so that was our last massive event. And then everything closed down. Then we opened up for that blip again in the fall and then everything. And then, well, I won't even get into the whole, the whole draining drama of the whole situation, but we, we really ended on a high note there, which maybe kept us sailing through COVID a little bit. Yeah. It's been an interesting couple of years, but Mm -hmm. I I think you're right. I think we have needed community and our people more than ever. And Mm -hmm. I think COVID has really just highlighted that. I know for myself uh, and a lot of people, it's just I've missed people. (laughs) I agree. I've missed people. We've had to get pretty creative with the ways that we've continued to be connected with others and that. Now, tell me about what are all the things that wine, women and wellbeing do? Because I know there's a lot of things. There's the events. So there there was in-person, which moved to online and starting to do in-person again. What other things is wine, women and wellbeing up to? we've got a lot going on. So yes, it started as, well, it started as monthly events in Calgary, and then it grew to monthly events across Canada. And of course, with COVID that went online, now we're slowly branch by branch, province by province, slowly starting up again, when the girls feel that it's right, depending on where they live. So you'll slowly start to see events happening again. Some events like our book club will stay online because Marcy, who was in Calgary and now is in Houston, she is our in-house mental health therapist and she runs book club and she is out of Houston. So that will always be online. We have a monthly, or now we're going kind of seasonally, wine box that can be delivered across Canada to your door. So we hand select four bottles of wine and there's a theme that goes with that each month. And then that has Canada wide delivery. We have wine, woman, and well-being apparel with really fun things on the shirts that say may contain wine corks are for quitters, empowered women, empower women, brilliant and brave. We have all these really great sayings, hoodies and tanks and all the things. And we have, we are publishing a book series. So we've published three books, sisterhood, motherhood, and finding yourself kind of like with the chicken soup for the soul feel. So every 
chapter has been written by a different woman. And then the next ones that we're just now that we took a bit of a pause pushing through to put the next three out. And that is resiliency, adventure, and love stories. And so then we're going to have a collection of six books that are on Amazon. And we have the May Contain Wine podcast where I interview different women doing different things and just kind of highlight the fabulous things that women in our global community are doing. And I think that's the gist of it. I mean, and then we have this little manifest tour with Caitlin Bristow that's happening next year. It's just this just little, little cross, <laughs> cross Canada, six, six city tour that's happening. So yeah, I guess, I guess we've grown. There's kind of a lot going on. And then we've got one more big, big punch coming for 2022 that we haven't announced yet, but it is, it's manifest size in, in grandiose, in excitement. So okay, we've got, we've got some things, things in the cooker. So, so stay tuned for that. Now, are you going to be coming back to Canada for the manifest tour? Then? Oh, you bet I okay. am. <laughs> I'm coming back. That was kind of in the negotiation of moving to France because manifest had already been planned. And my husband was like, and I was like, well, what about this? We can't go. He was like, Lisa, you're one of the most well-traveled people I know. Just get on a plane and go home. I was like, oh, well, okay then. Yeah, sure. That's, that was easy enough. So when we actually we're in because the dates for manifest have actually changed three times because of COVID. Initially, we were looking at October, like right now, October 2021, and then it changed to January, and then it changed to later in the spring. And so by the third change, we kind of lumped those dates together, knowing that I could fly home, do three cities, fly back to my other home in France. When I say home, that's very confusing. I could fly to Calgary, do the three cities, then I could fly back to France be with my family for a month and then fly Calgary home and do the other three cities. Okay. And because it's kind of like, I get to see family and be home. And we, we spend the summers in Calgary all, when we were overseas for all those years anyway. So we're very used to, like I said, the boomerang life where we're going back and forth. So for me, that's, that works out. It's best of both worlds kind of. Well, that all sounds very exciting. Lots mm-hmm. on the go. Now I wanted to circle back to, to your family's adventures and your adventures, having lived on four different continents mm-hmm. and what does it mean? So some people may not be familiar with the term Canadian expat. What does that term mean? So Canadian expat would be someone who is expatriated into a country that is not there. So I'm a Canadian living in France. So if someone was talking about me, they would say, oh, she's a Canadian expat. And if I was from Scotland, they'd say, oh, she's a Scottish expat. She's living here from another country, from whatever country you're from. Now, you have mentioned a number of places that you have lived. What has been your favorite place or your family's favorite place that you've lived in? <laughs> I would probably say lived in France just because some of the places we lived were quite challenging. So probably where we're currently living, just because, I mean, France is one of the most visited places in the world. The food is amazing. The scenery is great. The wine is exceptional. People have this fairy tale idea of France and parts of it are true. What I spent my day doing today, I went to a wine harvest and there were these old, super friendly, kind, bubbly old men with berets on 
And they just thought that I was so foreign to them and they wanted, they were so proud and wanted to show me how everything was done. And I was snipping grapes. And then when we brought them in later, they, they were like, that we're going to taste the juice. And then the food that came out as a thank you for helping. So we had this massive lunch that went until four o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, I have to leave because I need to go pick up my kids from school. But this has been unreal. I felt like it was in a fairy tale. Now, every day is not like that. I will like full disclosure. That's a good day. There are days that are very challenging. And sometimes things are overwhelming when there's a language barrier, but my French is pretty decent now. And because my kids speak French, this has been an, a very comfortable move where you can imagine somewhere like Indonesia and Congo, those have been a little bit, they've had, they've come with great adventure, but great challenges as well. And I always say expat life is high highs and low lows. Things are really amazing or you're really missing home. If there's a health issue or a crisis at home, you feel really far away when you're far. It just feels so much harder, but then you get these crazy adventures when we were living in the Congo and we got to go to South Africa and my kids were swimming with penguins. I was like, this is crazy. But then the electricity cuts for eight hours when you're in the middle of cooking chicken and there's no water. And, and so it was just like the extremes were extreme, but it makes for a not very boring life. So there's that. That's a good thing, I guess. That's definitely a good thing. I, I can imagine the eight hours without electricity, a little bit of a challenge when you're uh, trying. Yeah, to it's crazy. You got kids and it's, mess- it's just, oh my gosh. so that's why when <laughs> lockdown happened in Calgary, we're like, we have this big, beautiful house and there's water and we have a yard and the lights are on and I can get Instacart. We have trained for this. We're okay to stay in the house. There's water. We're good. Water is a very good thing. Water and electricity are very good things. Now, I imagine in living in different places, you would have had some opportunities, as you said, to travel as well, like to go to South Africa. Did you have a favorite place that you're able to travel or explore as a result of living closer, closer to it? Namibia is in Africa, and it is somewhere that I never imagined that I wanted to go, but my husband being a geologist, it was like the land formations are amazing there. <laughs> so he was like, but I have such a traveler soul that I will go anywhere. And so we did this crazy safari trek thing where you had the camper on the roof of a van that we rented and we drove I think it was 2000 kilometers around Namibia through safaris and there were giraffes at the window and there was parts of it where it looked like we were driving on the moon and you had to have a reserve gas tank because there wasn't going to be gas for so long. We would just go hours and hours. It was like nowhere else that I had seen on earth. And there's just moments like we know a lot of couples that are cross-cultural like intercultural marriages like he's from Italy and she's from Australia and I do often feel that I'm I I feel blessed that my husband and I are both Canadian because we never struggle with where is home even though neither one of us are originally from Calgary for us Calgary is home even though I'm from Thunder Bay and he's from northern New Brunswick Calgary is always home we just have cool moments sometimes where when we're driving through Namibia And there's giraffes all around and there's zebras going across the road. Like how in Banff, you know, sometimes the road is full of animals and you have to stop the car. Well, there's zebras. And I'm like, this is crazy. And we have the tragically hit playing in the vehicle. 
And I'm like, this is like the most bizarre Canadian, not Canadian moment. So we just sometimes find ourselves in really cool situations like that, where we're like, this is a pinch me moment. And I didn't think that whatever, you know, Wheat Kings is going to be on the (laughs) blasting on the speakers in the middle of Africa, but here we are. So we had some cool safari moments. And as much as I love, I love being in Europe because it's easy to travel and everything's close. And I mean, I could spend my whole life in Italy if someone would let me, but I did love the safaris that we went on in Africa for sure. That sounds amazing. That's definitely something on our bucket list. Yes. <laughs> we that have, so we, we cool. have, as I said, never lived anywhere else, but we have been trying to travel with our kids. So COVID has definitely put up a little bit of a wrench in our travel plans, uh-huh. but we have our happen. list. Yes. Yes. So we're, we're hoping that our now 15 year old will still want to travel with us because we're kind of delayed in some of these things, yeah. but safari sounds amazing. So incredible. I can't imagine being amidst all the zebras and giraffes listening to the tragically hip. That sounds right. like a dream. <laughs> So I'm curious, what advice would you give to a family who might be considering working and living abroad? Do your homework and learn the language because for me, it was a game changer once I could speak French because I, I mean, again, my French is still not perfect, but when we first moved to France, I never would have considered going to a winery for a day of harvest with the owner of the winery, because I just wouldn't have been able to communicate with anyone. It became more isolating and I missed those opportunities. Whereas today it was one of the most amazing things that I've done in a long time. And the language was not an issue. I just feel you can put yourself in situations and have more unique and authentic experiences. When you speak the language of the place that you live, that's often easier said than done. I remember my husband saying to me when we left Calgary, I was taking classes. I was teaching during the day and at four o'clock I would go to Alliance Francaise and I would take these courses for hours and I hated it. And I was like, I'm good. I know French. And he was like, not really sure about that. Maybe you could just like take a few more courses before we leave. And I was like, no, I'm done. I am totally fine. And then I got to Paris and I was like, oh God, I actually cannot speak to anyone. And then they automatically changed to English. So I didn't really have to learn any French because it's very easy to not have to speak French in Paris. Or even if you try, they'll often switch. And I knew that I'd really made it when we had been living in Africa and we were in Francophone Africa. And then we came back and I was visiting a friend, but we were just so used to carrying on in French and my kids were speaking French. And I remember going back to Paris um, actually on our way, moving back to Calgary. And we just went into the store and we were shopping for the things. And I was talking because I was just so used to being in French all the time. And they didn't, they didn't switch anymore. I was like, I have arrived. <laughs> Funny enough, I'm moving back to Canada and I'm going to Calgary where I will never use this, but I have arrived. I can be in Paris and they don't switch to English. I felt like I was wearing a little badge of honor. That is amazing. That's a huge win. You you came so far. So most of your learning of French was through classes or through experience or what would you say really helped you the most? Um, My learning of French absolutely (laughs) was not through classes. You'd think nothing was sinking in. I wasn't getting it. I was going through the motions. And then it wasn't until 
I had a baby here and I started learning French from my neighbors. And then they had, they call it a Nunu, like a nanny who lived on our street just so they could play with other kids and kind of like a day home situation. And so the lady who ran that on our street could not speak any English at all. So I would have to every day, just like, she'd have to tell me like, did she poop? Did she like, do you know, like what happened today? Oh, she played nice or whatever it was. And so those were little conversations that I had. And so I got better the more time we spent in the South of France, but funny enough, I learned the most French when we moved to Indonesia, because then I was stuck on a French compound with women who only spoke French and there was no English around. And I remember coming back the next summer to France and seeing that same nanny that my kids had. And she said, your French has gotten so much better. And she said, you had to leave France to get better at French. I don't understand. But when we were in France, I had English speaking friends. I had American friends and Australian friends. And that's the, when I really started going to dinner parties with French people. And cause we were all stuck on this little, it was kind of like a COVID bubble, but bigger. Okay. And so then the same thing when we were in the Congo, it was 24 or seven and we had help in our house and they didn't speak English. And so then that really really picked things up. I think as well, when my kids are babies and they weren't talking, my husband would talk to them in French, but they wouldn't really talk back. And now there's French in my house all the time. So even when we were in Calgary, it was still in my ears. So it was easy for me to come back because I'd hear my kids playing. And when we're at the dinner table, they're speaking to my husband, it's in French, they speak to me and it's in English. And so it was all mixed up. So I was just kind of just seeped into my brain, I guess. That's amazing. Yeah. I think just being fully immersed, right? And and just yes, exactly. having to to dive right in. Now you have a background in education. And I would love to hear more about your experience as an educator and how education is a part of wine, women, and well-being. Well, that's a good question. So yes, I have a master's in educational leadership. I was a teacher for all those years, early days in Calgary when I met my husband. And then I was an assistant principal and then we left. And even in Paris, I I was teaching for a little while. I was doing substitute teaching and then I was going to take a contract, but I thought this is going to interfere with our travel schedule. And so I didn't teach. And then the kids were born and, but I did end up teaching again when we went back to Calgary this last time, if anyone's been following wine, women and well-being on, let's say, for example, on Instagram, since the beginning of time, since we started I think that I post quotes and motivational things multiple times a week because I am a lifelong learner. I am always about the personal development and the learning and the reading and the podcasts and the audiobooks. I always have something in my ears and books in my hands that is just something that I want to share with people and I also think that we connect better when we're learning new things together. So even when we're having these events and it's like a night out at an event, when you're learning something, and even if that's listening to someone speak, if there's a speaker, we're learning from them and we're learning through other people's experiences. And there's so much value in that. It's so much more than just let's go out for a glass of wine. Let's go for a glass of wine and learn something and get a takeaway. And I just think that that makes us all better people. 
whether we're young or old, old, I'm not old, but you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) No, I find that too. Learning is such a connecting force. I call myself a retired teacher. I used to teach junior high and high school science. Now I teach, uh, I teach people who want to become teachers. I teach at the university of Calgary. Do you? Yeah. yeah, I teach, um, field experience. So when they go out to the schools and do their practice teaching, it's Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. And now I actually help businesses with creating curriculum or training and that type of thing. Cause learning is all around us. So yeah, it's, I love how you've taken your teaching and educational leadership background and kind of infused it into all these amazing things that you're doing. I'm using that degree in leadership, just not in the way I thought I would. Yeah. My husband is using his to be a principal and I'm using my master's in educational leadership to do other things. There <laughs> There's so many We're ways, right? Leading in our own way, right? Yeah. Yes. I just had that conversation with our 15 year old who's starting to think about what he wants to do when he grows up. And I'm like, you can do the same things and take them and apply them in so many different ways. There's not sort yeah. of one path. I said, and take your dad and I, for example, (laughs) we did the exact same program. So, so I have some rapid fire questions, although they tend not to kind of come across in a super rapid fire way. So take your time. But a big part of my philosophy of motherhood is big borrow steel. I think other people often have these amazing ideas that we can perhaps use and incorporate into our own journey as moms. So what is one of your favorite go-to meals on a busy day for your family? Tacos. We call them wraps. I don't, my kids won't stick with the name taco, but we make wraps at least once a week. That is a good one. Yeah. Cause you can Crowd make it what you want it to be, right? Yes. Yeah. And there's no fighting because they can put in there what they want and look, they're happy to take the vegetables. It's, it's easy. That's a good one. I love that yeah. one. And what would be a favorite family game or activity that you enjoy? We have little chess tournaments in our house. Yes. And I never knew how to play chess before. And my husband in Ukraine bought this super cool chess set that's like hand carved wood. And I was like, oh, this is for decor, right? I thought it was like a decoration. He was like, well, no, we're going to play chess. It's like checkers. I don't want to play checkers. (laughs) And now like he taught our kids from really young how to play chess. So they have a mini board and we have a big board and that was kind of our COVID thing. We'd make a big charcuterie grazing plate and have a little like chess tournaments. Wow. That must get yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, it does. And sometimes <laughs> like my eight-year-old beats my husband. I'm like, oh, that's good. Keep everyone in check. No pun intended. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kids are good for that, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, keep us in our place, right? And then what would be a favorite book, podcast, or TV show that you've enjoyed recently, and feel free to share one of each if you want. I am currently listening to, I'm quickly opening my Audible because I want to make sure I get the name right, and it is called At Your Best, and it is by Carrie. I should not have tried to say the last name because, (laughs) anyways, it's by Carrie, and (laughs) starts with a W and it's not sure. Anyways, it's called at your best. I'm listening to it. And it talks about, I just started it. I'm just halfway through maybe. And I just finding it really interesting because it's talking about doing what you're best at when you're at your best. And because a lot of times we think like, 
oh, I should just get this task that I really don't want to do out of the way. And it talks about how you're actually way more efficient when, for me, that's first thing in the morning. For my husband, it's late at night. And this always causes problems on a Saturday when I'm like, let's get up and at him and do all the things. And he was like, no, let's chill out. And then he peaks far later in the day, but it talks about doing what you're best at when you're at your best, because you perform so much more efficiently and then you just get more out of your day. And I'm just finding it really interesting. But again, that's me being the lifelong learner and always wanting to read, listen, absorb different things. I love that. I'm going to have to add that one to my list. I'm always listening to a book or podcast or something when I'm cleaning up or doing something. I don't know. It's, it's a good way to make that activity more fun. I find. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things real about motherhood. And I'm wondering Uh if you have a story to share about a learning experience that you've had as a mom. Okay. So a lot, (laughs) got a lot of (laughs) stories to share and I'm not really shy. I'm an oversharer. I think that our recent move has taught me a lot about letting our kids see that we're not perfect and we don't have all the answers and we don't know everything. And I think being in this position that I've been in with my kids, that's often the case because they see if they were born and raised in Calgary and we never left, I'd be like, no, it's like this, this is how we do it. This is how everything runs. I'm the boss around here and I know everything. That's probably the stance that I maybe would have taken, but that's not the life that we have lived or that I have lived as a mother. And so my kids have seen me fumble a lot and just coming back here now has been a little bit different because they're older, they understand more and they are fully functional in French where I am not. So from at a very young age, they are far better at me than something and grown up things like going to the bank and they've seen me practice what I preach because with wine, women and wellbeing, I'm often saying things like, you know, you can do hard things and just, you know, try your best and, and be brave and try something new. And even if you're scared, it's okay to make good decisions and do scary things that are safe. And so I'm like, okay, I got to go ask this person something. Let me think about how I'm going to say this for a second. And then they'll be like, that was good, mom. That was really good. I'm like, thank you. Thank you very much. And they'll say, well, where are we going? I'm like, I have no idea. If it's not this place, maybe it's the next one. And so they just kind of see me fumbling my way through, which has been very humbling for me. But also I think just a good example to show them, okay, my, my parents are real people and maybe they don't know all the answers and that's okay. And I think there's just been a very human side to this new experience and it gives them just a different view of, okay, my parents even try things that scare them or that they're not very good at. And maybe they don't know all the answers, but they're trying anyways. Our life didn't have that, the opportunity to model that as much in Calgary because we knew how things worked and we were very efficient. And I, I never was in a place where my kids were correcting my English. <laughs> that, that never happened at home. Whereas here I'm like, did I say that right? How do I conjugate this again? How am I going to, and they're, 
they're helping me. And it's, it's just, it's very humbling. And I just think there's, there's been a lot of teachable moments this summer in our house. I I think that's so wonderful. That's what I love about traveling with our family is Mm -hmm. our kids do get to see my husband and I fumble or get lost or go the wrong way or plans don't work out. Or we thought we had a campground or a hotel book, but in fact we did not. So (laughs) we need to kind of figure it out on the fly. And I I think that's such a neat experience for your kids. And I I'm sure they love being able to help you out with things too. Yes, they, they do. It's good. It's sometimes, you know, again, keeps me in check. (laughs) Thank you for that. Or they'll whisper, mommy got that one wrong. Okay. I'll remember there's one word that I would always get wrong and they, and then I didn't get it wrong. And my daughter said to me, I heard you on the phone. And what's the word I, um, I always said verifique and it's verifié like to verify something. And I was on the phone and my daughter, she was like, mom, you said verifié. And I was like, yes, nailed it. <laughs> you know, That's amazing. Yeah. So this little thing, it's the, we're celebrating those victories together. It's good to ce- celebrate all the wins, right? Big and right. small. That's so nice. Now, before we wrap things up, I'm just wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles. You do not have to go at it alone. That would be my advice. And don't be too proud to ask for help. And don't be too proud to say I am overwhelmed. I need a timeout. I can't do this all myself. I need to quit the Starbucks and use that money to get a cleaner or whatever that might look like. We are stronger together. And it's just, I encourage people to to lean on those friends that they have or, or try and find places to find those friends where you can be like, you know what, can I just come over and we feed the kids pasta tonight and let's just hang out because I need some friend time. I think sometimes those friendships are hard to find, but when you find them, they are so, so valuable and soul filling. They really do fill your soul. I have a friend in Calgary who has been my friend since I moved to Calgary basically. And then through me leaving and coming back. So we would laugh because I would come over and it was like, you're speaking my love language. Cause if, if one of us came over like a hot mess, like no makeup, hair in a greasy bun. And I was like, Oh my God, I just love you for coming like that because it just allows me to then leave my house to be so messy. I'm just showing up as my real self and you can come into my house as as your real self. And, you know, it just opens up that space for not having to have it all together. And we need friends like that. It is the best when you don't have to worry about that. I, I have a group of friends and we sometimes refer to each other's paper towel friends. We don't bring out cloth napkins or even nice disposable napkins. We just, it's just paper paper towels. towels. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need anything more than that. Um, To a a new friend that I made here who was over and I didn't have my act together because I just don't yet. And I didn't even have nice paper napkins. And I was like, okay, so we're getting to be real friends here real quick because here's your paper towel. (laughs) That's that's as much as I can muster up right now. But I think that's amazing. It doesn't have to be fancy or nice and your house can be messy and you cannot be at your best, but you can just be yourself. Those are the the greatest friends to have. That is so Mm -hmm. nice. I want to thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your time and words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all the things that you are up to and wine, women, and well-being are up to, where are the best places to find out more? I spend a lot of time on Instagram. 
So you can find me at Lisa Webb Official, and you can also find me and all things wine, women, and well-being at Wine Women Wellbeing. Thank you so much for joining me. It was lovely to connect with you. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.